Macca. Hey, Streety. Hey, Nugget. Evening, boys. We are here for episode number 62, the final episode of 2021. And one that was probably about six months coming. How long has it been since we've been together, boys? Nah, last, last one was October. It's all was good. It? November, nothing happened in November. Nothing November. Yeah, exactly. It's exactly. Like we, we we took holidays as the, as the um, sporting calendar itself took a little bit of a hiatus with not much action. We yep. figured it was only appropriate that uh, we do the same, and we did just that. Yep, definitely. Oh, well, it's good to see you again, boys. What's been going on? Well, mate, I've just uh, been mildly interested in the return of cricket. The Ashes is back. <laughs> you do still have a problem with cricket, don't you? You're not that interested in it anymore, are you? The funny thing with cricket is that you're right. Um, interest has waned severely. Um, both I feel in, like in your playing. level of interest in cricket is now matching my level of interest in world rugby. Um. Well, maybe not so much. I, I will put it this way. Everyone's interest in the cricket, test cricket, always mm. takes a little, you know, always ramps up when it's the Ashes. So yep, it's that Australia-England rivalry. So it's, you know, if we were playing yeah. someone like Pakistan or New Zealand or South Africa, I, I probably wouldn't watch it at all. But simply because it is England uh, and yep. we took a wicket in the first ball yesterday of, uh, of the first test, Yep. Then, you know, and to see him at four for 29 is uh, when you turn it on for the first time is, you know, just brings back a few memories of, of the good old days. A little bit satisfying, right? Oh, yes, yes. Anytime England loses, it doesn't do well as Finn. It's great. Have you been checking out much of the Ashes, Nug, in the last? Maybe there was, uh, like like Streety, you sort of go, oh, it's the Ashes. So mm. I'm pretty much good for the first ball and that's about it. So yep. the oh, it was a good, was, it was good for you then. was a wicket. I yep. stayed on for about three more overs. So yep. that's three more overs than I've watched in the last three years. So, yeah, it's uh, – I'm, I'm pretty much done, though. Day two, I think I saw some highlights <laughs> today, but that'll do me. That's about it, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of blokes in the Australian cricket team now who actually don't know who they are. Um, oh, yeah. But there was one notable omission um, before we get fully into our t- talking points tonight, but that was of the ex-captain Tim Payne. Gone. Well, Dang. was it an admission or did he text his way out of the team? <laughs> nice. I think, yeah. It was an MMS, thank you. Yeah. Multimedia. Multimedia message, yeah. Message, so but, uh, he's, um, he's taking a uh, he's taking a mental health break, isn't he? I, I'm yep. not sure. I think he's just, uh, yeah. <laughs> I think his missus is building the shit out of him in Tasmania. <laughs> well, I mean, the moral of the story is, is no matter when you take it, well, when you do it, a dick pic will always come back to haunt you. So yeah. just don't do it. Let that be a lesson to all those viewers out there. That, uh, all those, those young kids out there who are just um, getting yeah, into the world it. of podcasts and listening. Keep it in the duds. Yeah. <laughs> Have do you not ever? Dick pic. Like, no, I haven't. I haven't seen a dick pic before. No, no, no. That's not what I was going to ask. No, that's not what I was going to ask. But it's a decent thing to, to assume. What I was going to say was, have you ever spoken to anybody, any of your mates, and they've said, you know, you know what got me over the line with that girl? A dick pic. Like, I didn't think it was going to happen. And so I went to the dick pic and you wouldn't believe it, but it got me through the door. Like, yeah, there's never been a positive dick pic. They can only be used against you. <laughs> I don't feel like they're very well received in general. It's like, not the most attractive appendage. 
not, there's nothing good about it. And that's coming from a, a straight white male. But uh, yeah, yeah. The, uh, yeah, no, at, at what point do you go, you know what? It's a great idea. I'm going to send that. So. Yeah, I feel like your judgment must be clouded. I think the blood's not running to the first head. I think it might be running to the second head when you're deciding <laughs> well, to take a picture of it. It would 100% be that case. And yeah. yeah. But yeah, well, it's cost him a lot. And uh, yeah, well, unlucky, Jeff. And look how, look how good old mate's going now. His replacements are slotted in. And yeah, honestly, everyone's forgotten about Tim Payne now that we took a wicket off the first ball yesterday. Yeah, well, there oh. was uh, Postman Pat, and now there's Captain Pat. Captain <laughs> Pat Cummins is the hero of uh, Australian cricket. <laughs> Captain Pat, Captain, Captain Pat, Pat, and he's green. Cap. And white. <laughs> and he's green, baggy cap. <laughs> I think he's there's probably a song cap. in that. There is. There. Nah, let's keep singing off it, boys. Let's keep singing off it. Yeah, yeah. right, okay. <laughs> All right, so today what we're going to do is we're going to do what we think are the 21 moments of sport for this year. Now we probably captured our attention. Yes. We probably should put a caveat on this. These are the 21 moments we can remember. (laughs) And so. Or popped up on Google. That's right. When we were doing some type of searching and trying to remember what happened this year, because it's been a long year. Homeschooling took a lot out of all of us, I think. Yeah. Um, What? And Homeschooling for me was like uh, NRL play with multiple concussions, having to have a few few weeks off the sidelines. It was oh. definitely has taken its toll. I feel oh. like every day was like a repetitive head injury. Yeah, no, nah. just... I've I've actually gone on strike myself. So yeah, yeah. yeah. you're striking the with off. the teachers federation, are you? Yep, going to take the rest of the year off. Yeah, good <laughs> idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. So basically, we want to just uh, cover some of the storylines, scandals, and celebrations um, from 2021 that uh, that caught the attention of us here at Sports and Spit, uh, and we'll sort of you know list our 21 or more um, moments, and then have a you know talking points on them until we get to what we were considered to be our consensus number one. And if you have uh, any way. Um, any inclinations in terms of gambling is probably not going to be too hard to guess what we come up with as number one, but uh, we'll wait till the end to reveal that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. But but uh, we'll, we'll keep it on the socials though. So any we miss, please do chuck them on. Have a well uh, means remind us of what we've forgotten about. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. So we'll kick it off. Uh, number twenty-one. We'll count down. Um, is from the start of the 2021, the Australian Open, um, ah, with yes. Novak Djokovic winning, and lo and behold, he's still a wanker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he continues to be just a dickhead, like, it, throughout the whole year, doesn't he? Like, yeah. So well, he's carry-on and all that, and, you know, he, he, especially when, because you remember at the, when they all came over here, and they all had to quarantine, and yet that tool's out on his balcony and carrying on. and uh, Like a peanut, writing letters yeah. about what they should get and what they shouldn't get. He just seems to roll from one act of entitled behaviour to another, and yeah. I just can't warm to the bloke. But, like, he's a nine-time Australian Open winner. It's Crazy. not like... And he'll end up just, being the greatest tennis player ever. He will, yeah. and that, that, that annoys me. Like, but... It, like, I get it. I, I respect his achievements, but I just don't respect him as a person. That's all. No. No. Uh, He's not that guy that, you you know, you, you see at a bar or whatever, and he's trying to be funny, but 
you know, mm. he's kind of not. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You I'd... just want to walk up and punch him in the head, but the problem is he's got two seven-foot big units next to him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Nikola Jokic's brothers. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he exactly. hides them as, as his hide goons. Yeah. Um, and is he coming back in January for the 22 Australian Open? He's not, right? No, he's well, no he tra- we'll see. See, look at the... Look at the mark of the man in that he tried to find loopholes to get yeah, here. Yeah. Yep. What just no. I think he was looking no, for so a medi- they, medical exemption, but they called him out on it, I think. So yeah. I don't think you'll end up seeing him here because he's meant he needs to be fully vaccinated and, and I don't think he's intending to do that. So Yeah. Oh well. No yep. great loss. Someone else will win it. Uh jog on Novak. Jog on. That's what we say. <laughs> Bring it on for someone new in twenty twenty two. So, yeah, yeah, definitely. Because that's yeah. the thing. There's there's a few big names that aren't coming, and yeah, I might actually watch this one. Whereas you talk of viewership waning, it's um, yeah, I, I don't think I watched any games of the Australian Open. I watched I, th- I watched most of it, and I and I enjoyed watching Nick Kyrgios win the hearts of Australian crowds again, and then I. In particular, enjoyed him pissing it all the way for the rest of the year. With a couple, <laughs> like of another sentence too. Like, One extra like sentence just made it all come undone. You talk about a guy who just goes from being a dickhead to being a bigger dickhead. Like he, he kind of throughout last summer won Australia over a bit with his basically when he stood up to people like Novak Djokovic and he made some comments around like we had some arguments on Twitter with Boris Becker, I remember, and then he. Then he played well during the Australian Open. The Australian and Andy, Open loved him. And don't, and don't forget, he hosted uh, Ninja Warrior as well. He, he did. That's true. Yeah. And, he, and he made an appearance on Australian Idol when his sister actually got on there as a contestant. On the voice. It was the, the voice. voice. Yeah. yeah she sang really well, too. <clears throat> yeah. But then he went and treated his missus a bit like shit. And she came out and said that he was rooting around on her. And like, which I'm not, I don't know why she would be surprised at that. But like, and then. Uh, yeah, lo and behold, turns out still a dickhead. So, yeah, mm, yeah. old habits die hard. Yeah, <laughs> um, dying hard um, rolls into the next one, number 20. We've got the Gansu Ultra Marathon disaster. Uh, yes, this is the 21 runners who were sent to their death by the organizers of the Ultra Marathon. Quite a sad story, and we don't want to poke too much fun at it. Nah, um, that's pretty sad, but uh. It was a, uh, it was big. Look, this one made our list. I do a bit of running, and Nugget, you've done a bit of running yourself, Streety. Yet to I don't run. No, no, <laughs> I don't. I don't run. It used to. You used to, but but this one, in terms of world sports stories, I think uh, it was it was one that we felt deserved to be on the list just for this the the pure fact of how this things can go wrong. These were not twenty one participants that were. Um, that I guess we're in a mass participation race, right? There are only 172 people in the race. The 22 people, well, 21 people that died, sorry, I should say, uh, were the front runners. These, some of these are professional trail runners. Some of these, are, so in any other sport, uh, an event that that kills 21 of your top participants is a significant piece of news, and to. I've read a survivor's account of this particular race and it's harrowing what happened. Like these, you know, these guys, they knew that there was a bit of bad weather around, but ultimately what happened was in any ultra marathon race, you depend as a participant on the information you get from organizers on what you need to take on the course. And, and 
And you then, when you're out there, you have no ability to assess the conditions of what's ahead of you on the trail. And um, so you're very dependent on organizers giving you warnings of, you know, like uh, this is the weather conditions, this is what to expect. And when it goes wild out there, it can get wild really quickly and you can be in some pretty precarious positions. But the survivor's account of, of this this particular race, if you get a chance, read it because it's a pretty gripping tale. So, yeah. yeah. A um, government-run race from China. So yeah, absolutely. China doesn't seem to have a great track record across uh, things of late. Yep, definitely. These um, guys died on the mountain due to exposure of cold weather, so it's pretty sad. Yeah, poorly yep. managed. Uh, number 19, we've got Australia winning the 2020 World Cup and not the year. It was actually the, the 2020 format World Cup. Yep. Um, did you actually watch a ball of that? I watched some of it. I watched uh, a bit of the semi and, I like, I watched a bit of the final, but it was one of those ones that was on – European time or, you know, Middle Eastern time. And so I didn't see much of it. Yeah. But Where I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Dubai? Uh, it was in Dubai, I think, wasn't it? Or, yeah, Dubai, I think. Yeah. The majority of them were, yeah, Dubai. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So where do you think us winning the 2020 World Cup, do you think that is the one of the final nails in the coffin for the 50-over format of cricket? Like, I, I can't really see... There being much of a place for the one day as um, if you know the big bashes still remains to be popular. Twenty twenty obviously is a far more entertaining form. Um, it's obviously the purists probably wouldn't like it, but that's what Test cricket's for. I don't think yeah. that's going anywhere. But if there's a format that uh, that used to be good that's just not good anymore, it's it's the fifty over game. Yeah, I agree with that. I think uh, I I think. It will always survive. I think the 50-over game will survive, but its relevance will continue to be reduced, right? And so you'll only really see it being played uh, maybe in some domestic competitions and mm. and potentially to fill out a couple of dates on an international tour to fill the revenue coffers. You, yeah. You're probably not going to see like it. like an exhibition-type game, a 50-over game. Yeah, yeah exactly yeah, right. So Definitely. And it's the whole, you know, you can get in – like a basketball game, like a game of footy, AFL or NRL, you go, you're there for a couple of hours, you're done. Whereas, yeah. Yeah. you know, it's 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 still a six to ten hour day for a fifty over. So, Ooh. I think that's where yeah. people will go. Well, back no, in the day, we, we, the game had started at two twenty p.m. Mm. So you'd be, you know, racing home from school to to see what happened in the first ten overs, uh, yeah. see, you know, who ended up batting. And you're yep. kind of, in many ways, hoping that, uh, that you know, your team, Australia, would be doing the run chase. So you've got to see him bat at night time. Yeah. Um, I still feel like, so I, part of our childhood would have been that the summer of cricket and watching the white ball game, right? Which like, was great. It was, oh, it was awesome. Amazing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like swimming in the pool and then coming in and watching the last, you know, 20 well, overs or whatever. Before we had Mike. to have dinner at six o'clock. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, watching, watching Michael Bevan hit the last runs. Yeah, Bevo. And watching bloody um, Steve War and everyone. Dean, Jane, Dean Jane's carving up early. Dean Jones. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I just and think I remember how excited over. I was when yeah. Adam Gilchrist, the wicket keeper, was the opening batsman. And you were like, that's amazing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. I, I kind of think like society's moved on and our attention spans are shorter and all that sort of thing. But I, I almost think that the 50 over game is just in, 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 the, in the time slot that it used to be. Yeah. Just doesn't capture people's attentions. Like, you know, the test well, cricket's a bit of a slow roll, so you can yeah. watch it sporadically over four or five days and still get a feel for it. Where, whereas no one's really got time to, to invest six to eight hours of watching one day. And I think you find, Streety, that a lot of the TV channels or like the broadcast partners have dictated this a little bit because when you consider, like you just said, right, a 50-over game has to start at 20 past two and doesn't finish until probably 10 o'clock at night. That's that's eight hours of primetime TV right there, right? And, and they know that you're probably not going to capture the entire audience's attention for that eight hours. It, what we have right now is we've got so many entertainment options with streaming services. People's attention span is less. They will, you know, you'll only sit with something for five minutes and you'll go and find something else, mm. right? Uh, and you'll come back to the cricket and understand what's going on. So I think it was the, I think it, I think basically what drove it was obviously the need to fit it into a much smaller window each night where you don't take up as much prime time viewing space. Um, and you don't have that drop and dip of, of viewers, basically. So, yeah. And, yeah. you know, if, if, if cricket wants to maintain participants moving forward, mm. want to keep the kids interested, I think 2020 is um, is the best way to do it. Oh, it's um, the only way to go, mate. They're not going to, you know, kids aren't going to sit through 50 overs, mate. They already, you know, good Lord. And then once once they're in, they really get into it and start to play. Well, then, you know, the pathway then to become a test cricketer is, is set out. But that will only be for those cricket-loving kids who grow into cricket players. No, oh, it's a pretty small percentage of people that get to play for Australia, isn't it? You know? So yeah. I don't know how much Sheffield Shield cricketers make, but I imagine it's not significant amounts of money. No. No way. Um, to another game where you bash a ball with a, with a stick. Um, Tiger Woods recovering Tiger. from his car crash. He's back. Yep. Um, we almost... We, the world almost lost a great at the start of the year in Tiger Woods. Yeah, and I think that's yeah. that was the – I remember watching it on the news and you, it was Tiger, you know, car crash, and you think straight away, yeah, he's blind drunk and hit a pole or something. But mm. he was it was in the morning speeding to a, um event that he was meant to just present at. Um, lost it and, yeah, it wasn't oh, – it was just, you know – So I think he was – he was seen to be speeding out of the hotel or whatever, wasn't he? Yeah. I think he took out, yeah. took off from the hotel. He was staying out like a bloody, like Fly, a nutcase. Flying off, but it wasn't until sort of, oh, well, it was probably for me a day later that, yeah, we found out that he, he pretty much nearly lost his leg. So, yeah, right. Yeah. So, and now he's making his comeback this week with his son in what, some sort of pro-am or something, is it? Is yeah, it? it's just a, yeah. It's funny because people are like, he's, he's back in his first tournament and it's like, He's playing with his eleven-year-old son in a yeah, knock yeah. knockabout. It's the equivalent for us of a, uh, uh, I don't know, charity day where you hit the cans and do eighteen. <laughs> so, might you want one of those days coming up? That'd be fun. What do you reckon? Yeah. What do you reckon? Tiger drinks on the way around. Would he drink like seven hundred dollar bottles of wine, or would he just be snorting lines of coke like Nadia Bartel? Just, I, <laughs> I, I, I'm going to go coke and Cristal. Coke and Cristal. Yeah, nice one. Yeah, he's just popping corks along the way. Yeah. I tell you, he'd be loving he'd be loving it being back out there in the spotlight. He's a guy who doesn't want to stay away from the media at all. He 
Oh, I reckon he's got early death written all over him. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah. For sure. He's and then and then watch he watch the value of Tiger Woods golf stuff go through the roof. So <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. all he's got to do is get in a helicopter and he um, might end up <laughs> down the same way Coach Bright did. Oh, easy. Hey, ah, oh, come on, mate. We all know he's dead. Jesus Christ. We didn't fly <laughs> the helicopter. I didn't send it up there. What do I care? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, R.I.P. Right. Kobe. Um, number 17, uh, a very satisfying, uh, it was coming home, it's coming home via <laughs> London Italy. on the way to Rome. <laughs> the Poms blowing the Euros. This is their chance to win something since 1960, but they just didn't, they couldn't get it done. <laughs> a home home <laughs> final at Wembley and gone. It's It's been funny for a few years, but. Now you almost feel sorry because the amount of, and it's probably just because it's it's portrayed that way on, on social media, but the amount of blokes that, you know, got the tattoos and it's coming home uh, 2021 and, oh, mate. Uh, but the fact that they lost at, at home as well, the unlosable game. <laughs> to Italy of yeah. all countries, like, you know, yeah. like I, I normally would poke a bit of fun at England for losing this, but... The fact that they lost to the team that I hate the most in, of any world football nation is is Italy. I, like nothing grinds my gears more than those bastards, you know. Those cheating, it. cheating, cheating, flopping. cheating, yeah, bastards. Those cheating Roman mofo's. But <laughs> but I do enjoy watching England lose at sports all the time. All yes, the time. this is true. Yeah. So yeah, it does make me happy either way, really. So they have a chance to make amends. Next year is the World FIFA World Cup in Qatar. Um, and the so that'll be interesting, the, the, the corrupt World Cup. Um, yeah, the one that was easily bought. Easily bought, playing in 40-something, 45-degree expected mm. uh, conditions because, you know, it's an arid desert environment. It's very hot. So that'll be probably COVID and, um, and the weather yep. um, will be... Two of the big talking points for the World Cup next year. Um, yeah, that's going to be big. It'd be interesting to see whether the, the stadium's being actually... indoors, right? A lot of them have closed roofs. A lot of them do. Yeah, 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 yeah. I believe that they've basically um, tried built, to keep it pretty, like pretty much indoors. Built on the backs of immigrant slave labour. Yes, where there's <laughs> so there'll be a another. Lot of there'll be probably a lot of human rights protesting, and 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 topics will be surrounding FIFA and yep. uh, and that World Cup. Yep. So look yep. out, 2022. You've been forewarned by us that uh, expect a bit of controversy surrounding the World Cup next year. Yep, absolutely. Now, um, will the Socceroos make the World Cup, boys? You would think so. But we what what zone? We're in Asia, right? So well, we're going through that process at the moment. Yes, we are, and we we've we had reeled off. Uh, pretty good little win streak up until the last probably four or five games where we haven't been able to take any points. And we are now basically on the precipice of not making it. Not making so, it, yep. mm, So oh. um, it's not looking as positive as what it did before. So we still have a good chance. We still, we've got a couple of home games coming up, I think. Maybe in, when's that going to be? That's going to be pretty soon, I think. So Yeah, okay. So um, we've made the last four consecutive World Cups, haven't we? Uh, yes, 06, 10, that's right, 14, yep. 18. Yep, 
so we have consecutively. So it'd be pretty big disappointment, pretty big step. Like if you talk about, you know, like soccer in general, it's going to be a pretty big hit to the game if we don't make it. Yeah. And, and it's it's not an easy walkout in that, yeah, the next couple of games, we've got Japan, Saudi yeah. Arabia, yeah. China, PR, Oman, or Oman, and Vietnam. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So, so I think we really need to take points off basically uh, Japan and Saudi Arabia from yeah, my definitely. memory. Yeah, yeah because uh, Oman, Oman, however you bloody say, in Vietnam. Oman. Oman and Vietnam, we've towed them up the last couple of times we've played them. So Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's not a, not an easy walk in though. So. Who's when, big, it, um, when are the who's... next games, Nugget? Uh, so the next one... Um, well, I'm just reading here that if provided they can get results against Vietnam and, and Oman, um, it'll come down to if we beat Japan or not. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah. So we've so we've got those easier easier games. First up. up. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. good. We we can tune ourselves into it. So in years past, we've had Harry Kuehl, the Duca, Timmy Cahill. Who's our sort of soccerer superstar at the moment? Oh, like who's the yeah, who's the well, who's the captain? Like bloody hell. I don't even know. Oh, actually, sorry, to go back, our next match is Saudi Arabia in March. All right. Uh no, I think we play Vietnam in January. Okay. Well Google lied to me. Yeah, yeah. I think we play Vietnam in January and then uh Oman February and then Japan in March. So uh yeah, right. Yeah. i got to try and figure out who's actually playing with the team now. Like, if so. we were to miss a World Cup, you, this, uh, you know, if we get a, you know, you can go to these four World Cups, but you got to miss one of them. Yep. Uh, if, you know, if you could look at the crystal ball, I think most people would go, okay, we'll take the four we've, we've actually been in. Yep. And, uh, and maybe we'll skip Qatar and then we'll come back in 2026, wherever that's going to be. Probably going to be Europe or the US, I'd imagine. 2026. Yep. Do we know where that, that, that World Cup is? Uh, I don't know off the top of my head, but I can certainly Google it. Google it. See, see who's been uh, buying the votes from FIFA okay. to win that one. <laughs> oh, did I, where, did, where did I hear that was? Uh, 2026 FIFA World Russia? Cup. Uh, United States, Mexico, and Canada. Wow. That yeah. would be a good World Cup. Yeah. So it's the... Uh, yeah, it's called the United World Cup, so it's the three of them. So they're hosting it all together. United World Cup. That's, um... Canada, Mexico, and the United States. There you go. That'll be the one you want to go. Yeah, yeah, that would be probably the one you want to go. Yeah. And by then, hopefully, a lot of our emerging young soccerers will, you know, have a bit more experience and yeah. will be all the better for it. But you know, we still may make Qatar. Fingers crossed, we do. I've got here number 16 on our list is the superhuman who just won a Super Bowl earlier this year, Tom Brady. Tom 40, Brady. 42, 43, won it with the Bucks. First year Sa- with his new team. Same age as us, boys. And, I, you know. I've got, I got to increase my avocado on toast intake, I think. Yeah. Although, he's got no, a pretty strict... Avocado shakes, isn't it? He's got a pretty strict diet, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah avocado yeah. shakes or something, I think. 
I don't. I don't think there's um, Costco cheese on his diet. So. <laughs> no, I yeah. don't think he would allow that. So, nah, so that's me, buggered. Okay. But it, so, Kenny, Kenny win another one. Will he win another one this year, boys? Oh, he can totally win another one. He's probably in line and one of the top contenders for MVP currently. His team is, you know, leading his conference hmm. uh, or, you know, um, the division, but definitely got had, have, has got what it takes uh, to win it again. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I kind of like to see that happen. Um, it's pretty- he, he, he definitely does, like as in he's got the talent, but I, I don't think he's got the same team as what, what it's whether or not the team around him can do yeah, it, isn't it? Yeah, but in yeah. saying that, next year, look, the free agency there um, goes nuts every couple of years, and that's coming up next year. So, yeah, yeah. with a lot of big name players. So, who knows? And, he, like, and Brady just, said he's prepared to pay and keen and willing to play till he's 45. Yeah, he really? said, I could probably play till I'm 50, but I, I want to play definitely till I'm 45, and then, and then I'll probably hang it up. Yeah, yeah. right. Okay. Which oh, well. you know to see an athlete that age um, in a sport like that is is pretty phenomenal. Yeah, absolutely. Yep, definitely. Especially at the quarterback position where you get your clock cleaned a little bit by getting sacked a fair bit, don't you? Uh, look, they changed a lot of the rules over the last couple of years that you couldn't really touch them as much. Oh yeah. But the talent that he is, even if they didn't change that, he'd still be dominating because he. Yeah right. I mean, he was never the biggest bloke, or but just so skilled. And that's yeah, what okay. that's why winning the Super Bowl this year, you just shake your head and just go, that's amazing. Yeah, like, right. Yeah. Because you've still got the talent coming through, young blokes, you know, and the the big defenders want to rip his head off. Yeah. You still can manage well, evade them essentially. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, still getting it done, isn't he? Big, yeah. Big team well, that's amazing. Loves it. But what's not amazing is the A-League at the moment. So much so that Foxtel ditched him. And they've been picked up by a streaming service, Paramount, and that seems to be... Does anyone have Paramount? Do you have Paramount? Nobody nah, has Paramount, nah. do they? I'm no. paying for everything else. That's one thing I'm not going to pay for. Well, you're not going to go and get it for the A-League, are you? No. Nah. The diehards will. The real diehards will. But at the same time, that's not going to keep it afloat. <laughs> it's, it's hardly going to raise the price of next year. That so big for it back. <laughs> think about that for a little bit, though. Like I agree with you. Now, probably the diehard soccer fans would would probably go and get it. But have a think about what that means for you as a diehard soccer fan, because isn't the EPL being shown on Optus? Yep. Right. So the EPL is being shown on Optus. I imagine the rest of the European leagues that you'd be interested in if you're a diehard would be being shown maybe on Fox. Like I think I've seen some Bundesliga and some Serie A or something on on Fox. Um, I might be mistaken, but I think there's no, a bit right. of it on there. A few, um, few channels and team channels for soccer. So to watch soccer and the soccer that you might want to watch if you're a fan, you've got to have this Paramount to watch the A-League. You've then got to have um, Foxtel to watch the Serie A, and then you've got to have Optus as well. All right? Yeah. That is frustrating. That would frustrate the hell out of me. Right. Pretty much. You know, it used to be awesome back in the day. It's SBS on a Monday night at like 7 or 7.30 would have like an hour EPL show. Where you have half an hour of um, all the weekends, the week's highlights and news stories, yeah. and they'd show a condensed game of the week um, mm. between 7 and 8 on a Monday night. And I loved it. You know, that's I really sort of got in the EPL when I was a kid and uh, followed was Newcastle. It, 
like a yeah. highlight show or something, was it? It was. It was. It was basically, you know, the EPL's version of NBA action. Yeah, um, that used to and then they'd show like a, a five minute of game of the week with yeah. the highlights. So. And then or do your recap of game. So you got to, you know, see how your team was doing, who they played, and then stories on players and, you know, move transfers and whatever was news in the APL that week. Um, yeah, not really much of that unless, you know, but I guess the super fans would follow the Instagram accounts and have, you know, Bleach Report Football or whatever big accounts yeah. sort of, you know, um, do, do their social media. So they wouldn't be not out of the news. But I agree, like, you know, for a casual fan wanting to just, you know, tap in and watch a Man United versus Liverpool game, it's, just not, it's next to impossible. Well, and, it, and I, think it, I think it affects the growth of the game because I think in the end, you know, you, you kind of, uh, yeah, you end up basically like not, not getting kids to see it. Like you guys just described that show. People don't see it, right? Yeah, and, and that's especially the A-League that is suffering so bad. It's look, they've got to take money. I, I get it. They've got to get it from wherever they can. But well, exactly. I mean, we've both got kids, you know, we've all got kids playing soccer and so on. You take them to the odd game. Mm. But at the same time, I used to, well, I used to find either sitting there in front of the TV watching the Jets game and come down and go, wow, she's actually on when it was on Fox. Whereas now, yeah. she asked the other day, she said, there's the Jets started. So yeah, yeah, it is. But so. Yeah, I think they lose that exposure. So. And you got sports like the AFL just rubbing their hands at the situation and going, oh, well, just laughing. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. NRL probably aren't smart enough to capitalise, but the AFL certainly are, and just to really just, you know, encroach in that territory a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. Um, another uh, situation was during the Olympics in Tokyo this year. You know, Nugget was over there covering the boomers for us. That's yeah, right. foreign correspondent. Nugget. Foreign correspondent. That was a good trip for you, Nugget. Um, Absolutely. Managed Avoided to dodge the, the, the quarantine on the way back. <laughs> the Rona. I stayed away. Yep. Yeah. Yep. But probably one of the, 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 the biggest um, surprises was an Italian sprinter from Albuquerque, New Mexico, ended up winning the Olympic <laughs> final. <laughs> uh, surely that wasn't unaided. I still can't believe that that was unaided. 100%. I was listening to a podcast the other day about a guy and he has this um, YouTube channel. I think it's more plates, more dates or something, something like that. And he just breaks down all these athletes who, you know, have, have essentially tested positive to drugs and, you know, all sorts of stuff. And uh, he didn't cite this, this guy in, in particular, but, you know, the premise of what he was saying is that uh, throughout history, um, you know, these athletes, and we all know this, they're always one to two steps ahead of, of where the current testing is. Yeah. Um, so the likelihood of, of this guy who, you know, came out afterwards that there were some clouds and suspicion hanging around this particular sprinter. Okay. Um, I can't remember his name off the top of my head. I'm sure we could find it if, if we Googled it. Um, hey, let me work on that, boys. I'm going to be on Google tonight. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it was... It, it, it's it was good. It was a good race to watch. You know, when you see it far out, an Italian just won the bloody Olympic final, and you're like, "Hold on, he's an American from New Mexico. What, what, what's what's happening here?" Um, yeah, yeah. And then to read about, you know, he's, he's lived his. Oh, yeah, I think he had an Italian parent or mother. Lamont or like that. Marcel Jacobs was yeah. his name, and 
Cheating is his game. There's no way he won that off his own merits. Uh, I don't mind calling people out for stuff that I know nothing about. And I know nothing about sprinting, but that guy, not a chance that he basically uh, won that without drugs, I would suggest. So it was good. It was good to see him. But yeah, there's not usually too many surprises in sprinting. And if they are, they're not legitimate, right? Well, to follow that surprise up, Italy came out and won the four by one hundred as well. After that, yeah, did they? Was there a, was there a controversy with that team? Or no, that was a different team, I think, wasn't it? Well, he he was and in that. He that he the, ran. That, that was the women's, wasn't it? No, the the mixed final, wasn't it? Yeah, that was actually one positive. I I already liked that the mixed final the Olympics. Yeah, I thought that was, it was cool. um, yeah, that was good. That, that was good. That. that they, the mixing up of events in, in swimming as well was good too, right? Like they, they kind of did the same thing with a couple of events in swimming. They basically yeah. threw some mixed relays in as well, which was And cool. that, I think that's that's here to stay. We won't see that disappear. No, no. It's a bit like, you know, some, some countries struggled with it at first, but um, it'll be it'll be something that, that people, like that will stay in most Olympics from here on out, I think. Because, yeah, definitely. Yeah. The Olympics. Geez, I miss the Olympics, boys. <laughs> Can't wait to the next one in Paris where we'll have crowds. Um, you know, it was um, – I still will always um, feel for, for Japan and and, and and Tokyo, you know, having to stage Olympics in the circumstances yeah. in which it did. Well, uh, and Losing, you, you know, massive amounts of money, but, you know, more importantly. And, and then not, you've got – You've got China coming up and it would just be athletes, no diplomatic – People waving and uh, yeah. yeah. So we with the the dip. What is it? Diplomatic boycott by yeah. the diplomatic US boycott. Yeah, and Australia now. So so there's no freeloaders going over, basically. So that's what I'm I sure <laughs> Anastasia Palachuk spewing about that because that's one extra trip she can't go on. Yep, she would have gone over for sure. Absolutely. I yeah I. ScoMo probably um, breathes a sigh of relief because that's one one holiday he can't get called out for for, for taking <laughs> for going and taking. Yeah, it's probably not a bad call. I the th- I I can't see the problem here. Like what 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 is this going to prove for um, for American people and for Australian people? What does this actually mean? We I don't think still watch... doesn't doesn't do shit. No, as I said, it just basically means that the freeloaders aren't going to go. So it, just, it creates a headline for papers because well, it got me clicking because I was like. Australian boycotting Olympics, and I'm like, geez, yeah, yeah. Then, Olympic boycott or whatever. So it's just yeah. clickbait, wasn't it? Then, you, yeah. then when you go on, 100%. it's like diplomatic can't go. Well, who cares? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the last time there was a le- legitimate boycott was from the Moscow eighty and, and eighty four when the USA and Russia didn't go to the either one's Olympics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah, yep. and, and then China goes, well, we don't care. You weren't invited anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's funny. China, they're just like your drunk uncle, aren't they? They just don't care. <laughs> they just sort of sit there when it, and they go, we don't give a fuck. Yeah, like, they, they I was going to say the the drunk, stubborn uncle that just goes, no, nah, you know what? It's yeah, our yeah. way. If yeah. you don't like it, no. we'll, we'll bury you. <laughs> and he's going to tell you about how anti-vaxxy is and he's going to eat your mum's rocky road and he's going to eat all of it. And he doesn't give a shit. So. Yep. And I love it. It's so good. He, they, China just go, fuck you, everybody. We're doing it our way. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, we'll lock you in the cupboard in the process and then uh, and, and I don't even know. 
Yeah, I don't even know if they've got the missiles or the guns, but the, but we think they've got the missiles and the guns, and so That's we're all we shit scared of them. Just think that yeah. we've got it. Yeah. Do we think that uh, China will put on a good show for this uh, Winter Olympics upcoming? Oh, I I it'll think. Be, um, it'll be oh, sorry, that way. I was just going to say it'll be painted that way because they'll be told that you're on their smile and wave. <laughs> yeah, I think what you'll see this time, uh, China when they hosted the Beijing games, I felt were kind of a country that almost in a way wanted to be America, right? Popular culture in America, like popular American culture was very popular in China. And I think it still, still, is. still is, but, but I think now the communist party are kind of saying, no, this is China's national identity. I think you'll see some pretty weird parts of China, like in terms of, the way they do things in terms of customs and that sort of stuff appear in these games, I reckon. Um, there's going to be a bit of that fuck you kind of attitude, I reckon, in the way that the opening ceremony and all that will kind of happen as well. It's almost well, like the, the superpowers now matured and this will be a bit of a showing out and, you know, the Olympics yeah. is our means to sort of... Um, a, bit, a bit of an army presentation or something. Yeah, I reckon there'll just be this random showing of an of, of army prowess is what I think. Like, just to kind of go, oh, sorry, did we forget to remind you? We've got the missiles and the guns. guns yeah. yeah, yeah. So, yeah. And we make everything in the world, so we'll just yeah. screw you. Regardless. Yeah, so basically we, we've already got everything we pretty much need. We're pretty much dominant anyway, so we'll just sit over here and be shit-faced and do whatever we want. Yeah, we don't need you. You need us sort of thing. That's right. Yep, I agree. Yeah. Um, another a... Uh, Another sporting story out of China was uh, the tennis player Peng Shui uh, yeah. making pretty big news. Um, this this was a very big story. Um, yeah. So she so she accused one of the leading officials, basically the equivalent of this national sports minister, I believe, in the Chinese ruling party, the Communist Party, uh, of raping her, and then she disappeared for a few days at least. Um, and the WTA actually took unprecedented action for an international sporting body to demand of the Chinese government that they basically show that they put her on a video call and let her speak for herself and tell everybody that she's okay. Um, and uh, effectively, the um, I, I believe that the situation now has kind of abated in the sense of the WTA and the IOC have, were working with the Chinese government and they've proven, they've managed to kind of get Peng Shui onto a video call and, and given given understanding that she's currently safe and well. You didn't right? say the musket pointed f f firmly square right in the middle of her back. In the back, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But um, but the now, now the contrary is the WTA have have still continued to remove all events from China which, as I said, because of the revenue that's involved is absolutely unprecedented. But they are now saying, well, until you handle her allegations effectively of rape, we are not going to hold any events in your country. So yeah. um, so it's funny, right? Like that drunk uncle, someone's standing up to him at the kitchen table. Someone's saying, I want Rocky Road 2. Like, and you got to put it back, Bob. <laughs> fucking put it back. Right? Do you think so, we'll have many athletes from Australia who would be hesitant to go to China to um, compete? Ah, uh, nah. All the I athletes be. have been <laughs> locked up for so long, mate. They'd be happy to go and yeah. compete wherever they get a chance, yeah, and yeah. especially because it's an Olympics. Well, like, they're not going to get COVID over there. It doesn't exist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, that's right. Yeah, well, you can't get what you don't test for, don't you? So yeah, well, it's, it's just everywhere else is not there now. So yeah, exactly. So, mate, I think um, I don't think you'll see too much fallout from our athletes because they really want to go and they really want to compete. Um, but there'd be some people that would be torn over it, you know, like they they wouldn't be happy about it. But uh, mate, there's I don't know. Apart from Ennis Cantner in the NBA, I don't think there's too many socially woke athletes Ennis out there. Ennis Cantor freedom. Yeah, well, because they're all basically what they're all realizing is is that they need as many competitions as they possibly can to continue to cash checks at the moment because they've lost some of them lost a year's worth of income. So mm. yeah, so your morals disappear a bit when your bank account drops. So. Yeah, we'll we'll cover that a little bit later too. Mm. Um, next one we've got. Um, during our little break, the Dolphins came out to play. The NRL expands with an expansion team in Queensland. The Redcliffe Dolphins got the yeah. license, and, and rightly so. Mm. Um, the team with the largest, uh, you know, bankroll, their own stadium, they're in a good spot, a, a history behind them, the Redcliffe Dolphins. But they ditched the name Redcliffe and they've just gone Dolphins, mm. um, which, you know, might be a good move from a, you know, uh, I guess a... An initial sort of um, entry into the league to attract some more fans, not isolate themselves, just by being known as Redcliffe, because none really, if you're not outside of Brisbane, not too familiar with, with where Redcliffe is. Yeah. Um, how are you feeling about that? 17th team in NRL, good or bad? Time will tell on it. I mean, it's not off to a great start, but... Because they haven't signed many players, no? I was going to say, yeah, you, you, your uh, big signings, Abby Corusau, yep, and Wayne Bennett. Yeah, we think yeah. that that maybe they are coming in a year too early, and they probably need to be able to attract players because they've essentially missed. You know, players now are signing contracts like you know Josh Hodson just read before from the Raiders has signed a deal to join Parramatta from twenty twenty three, but the Dolphins are coming in in twenty twenty two, so they may only be able to claim players from the Queensland Cup on their on their existing roster or blokes that are going to be, you know, on the scrap heap or released early to, to, to join. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, would have would have been better, you know, from a roster building perspective to have the Dolphins enter the comp in 23 as opposed to 22. Well, I, think- I thought they were. No, they are. Sorry, they're, yeah, 20, they're not yeah. playing next year. They're not playing next year because they've got a year to sign players. Okay, so they're on. There are, yeah. I, geez, this year's gone quick. I was thinking. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so they're not coming in. They're not coming in next year. They've got twelve months to sign. Yeah, but yeah, yeah I think the hard part is, I, I think the hard part is th- that it's a fairly competitive player market at the moment. You're not going to sign. It's going to be like any expansion franchise, right? Like if you took the Tasmania Jack Jumpers in the NBL first first year in the league, they're one injury away from being an ABA team, right? Mm. Like, and, you know, it'll be the same for the Dolphins. It'll be a tough ride because the level of talent in, in rugby league may not quite be there. Well, um, in, in saying that, though... They probably just need that, one big signing, right? But that's where I think it's good that they've placed them exactly there from a a talent pool's perspective, I think it's where it's going to hurt is like Melbourne where they had pretty much their pick of, of Southeast Queensland uh, in that their feeder clubs are all up there. Their feeder clubs now go to the Dolphins. The Storms still keep one of them, I think it is, but they, they basically had all four up there. 
the storm yeah. would just take pickings off. So I think, yeah, not wrong. If the first year is going to be a bit of a write-off, the odd win here and there, mm. which to be honest, I'd rather see that than them go and sign five massive names and come out and, you know, as we've seen before, just because you sign a big name doesn't mean that it's, it's going to go great guns for you. So, Are you just predicting what the Bulldogs will be like in 2022? Well, hey, hold on a second. <laughs> I didn't bring up the Sharks. That's no, not very yet. Fair. Haven't yet. I'm just getting but, to the front foot. So, so, well, they, they've got to be due, surely. But <laughs> The Bulldogs, mate, we're going to have a big year next year. Well, we're going to talk about that in the new year when we talk about the preseason, NRL, like the preview of the NRL season, mate. Yeah, right. We'll, we'll leave that aside. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, so, so to be honest, I'd rather see a whole heap of young blokes coming through. And that's where someone where like Wayne Bennett is going to keep those players because those young blokes are going to go, oh, well, I'll stay here under, I'll stay under Wayne. Look what he's under done. Wayne. So in saying that, he's only got a couple of years and he's done. So Yeah, well, he's only got a couple of years and he'll be dead. Like, he's yeah, only about yeah. 85. Like, yeah. Good Lord. Like, Still runs 10K a day. I think the Bulldogs called Jack Gibson and asked if he was going to go around. Like, wouldn't mind coaching. Them. I think I think that the Dolphins would would love to get their hands on someone like Caelan Ponga. I think he would be firmly set in their sights as a as a marquee signing. And if they get a guy like that, then I think it'd be pretty easy then to attract other players. But it's almost like you know everyone's just waiting for that that first domino to fall yeah. to sign with them, and then they'll be able to sort of um, recruit a competitive roster. And they certainly won't be top four team, a finals team in their first year, but, you know, not, not unreasonable. I think if they get a few good players in the books that they could be a top eight team within two or three seasons. Yeah. Well, yeah. the last time the NRL did expansion, didn't they? They basically paid for the storm to be good. So Gold Coast as well and the Titans came back in 07. Yeah, but oh. they, they missed that boat, didn't they? <laughs> well, hang on. No, in saying that, they went all right. They they made a couple of um yeah, finals appearance, not grand finals. Yeah, yeah, they were they were good, but you know, as a the Gold Coast have a long history of um, not being there. You know, it's a great spot to visit and, and and probably live, but it's it's always struggled to 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 be the home of professional sporting team. And the Titans yeah. have probably done the longest, but yeah, with a lot of assistance from the NRL themselves. Went downhill after the Seagulls left, mate. <laughs> Gold Coast Seagulls, that was a great. Yeah, they were great. I really like those guys. Yeah. Um, next up, uh, whilst on the topic of the NRL, uh, the Penrith Panthers, after two years of dominance, uh, narrowly won the grand final this year um, over the Rabbitohs, 14-12. Um, and it was, you know, if you're a Bunnies fan, it could have been a case of um, they probably let that one slip. They had, they had you know, a Cody Walker intercept, put the game, you know, Ended their dream. Yeah, they shut the bed there. Yeah. But yeah. the Panthers deserved it, I thought. Yeah. Oh, they, they, they've been the best team in the last two years, no doubt. Yeah. 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 And, I mean, you, you talk about recruitment, um, like I said there, now that Redcliffe have that recruitment up there and the juniors coming through, look at that Panthers team. That Most of that Panthers team now has been together since... Oh, they've been together Jersey since like flag. the juniors or something, haven't they? Yeah, yeah. The yeah. core of it's Jersey flag, and now they've come yeah, yeah. through and we're just killing it. So yeah, that's, that's right. where I think the league has to look at, and especially with now another team with big deep pockets as well. Mm. Um, there's got to be some kind of exemption if you're coming through from juniors 
and you come through and kill it, it's got to be because you want to promote that as all the teams do their local league and all that, and you know, play for the local team or whatever it might be. Yeah. But the fact is, if you come out and you blitz it, of course you're going to take a million dollar contract elsewhere. Mm. Yeah. So yeah. that's where there's got to be some kind of exemption or something. Totally. Yeah. Like a discount from the salary cap. You know, discount. you may not, you may not so, like Penrith, but you definitely should respect them for, for what they've done. Yeah. Oh, um, pretty good team. <laughs> Yeah, to have it all homegrown, pretty much, uh, yeah. you know, and they may have an advantage just because of their, you know, the, where they are and the socioeconomic situation and their population. Um, but you know, you, you have to work with the tools you have, and they've done an outstanding job of, you know, developing a, a junior base and then turning, you know, fifteen of those kids into premiership players um, and being, you know, the best team for for two years and maybe even a third. You know, there's no reason they can't do it again. Will they get decimated? Like I, some of them will end up at the Dolphins, I'd suggest. 100%. It happens to every team that wins a comp. Ultimately, yeah. you know, they start having to shed some leaves here and there because it just mm. becomes the way the cap now is structured, just exactly yeah. what Nugget just said, becomes unsustainable when you want to maintain your players. Yeah, yeah. Their, price, their asking prices go up and you have to shed. So, yeah, you know, yeah. I, I definitely think the league should probably look at, you know, 20% discounts for homegrown players and, you know, mm. like you still pay them, but that money doesn't count towards your cap, and you know you can you can be smart about how you run your team and reward them financially, but not get penalised for developing your own own plays in the process. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Ah, oh, the Penrith Panthers. Eh? Well, they've got a fan in my son now because he he's now a Penrith Panthers fan. Who is he? <laughs> it's funny how all the kids are. Uh, Get on the winners. That's that's you know. Yep. I guess in, in our generation, uh, if you're not living in Newcastle, um, you, you know the majority of kids born in the early '80s, yeah, uh, or grown up in the early '80s would be, you know, a um, Parramatta or a Bulldogs fan, yeah, predominantly. And then you probably have your Tigers, um, and then you know whatever team you know you closest to where you live. But yeah, Bulldogs and Parramatta definitely took the lion's share of. Uh, kids supporting them through the 80s. Definitely. Absolutely. Next up, only happened uh, yesterday. Sam Kerr lays one of the greatest shoulder charges on a, on a <laughs> kitchen a table ever. Hit. That was a pretty good <laughs> hit. I was pretty impressed by that. She, so she got a yellow card for it? What? Nah, she should get yeah. a bloody gold medal for that. that that's nah, yellow they gave card. her a yellow card. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah really? Yeah, the pedantic referee gave her a yellow card. No joke. And they should yeah, apologise yeah. to her afterwards. And what a yeah. crock of shit! Because he obviously said something. Because when he was running around there, and a few of them, a few, yeah, a few he was of, gobbing off to him. I think. I think he the, was. A yeah. few of the women said something back to him, and someone did. And then the fact that she's just sort of jogged up next to him, Wushka. <laughs> she, she. I tell you what, she did. She timed it well. She oh. timed it very well. Like right so, on the step, and the fact he was talking into his phone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. She waited till his bat, till his eyes were turned, his bat, his his head was turned, and then she laid him out. Like so, good. The video was too. pretty funny from all the fans just calling him all the names under the sun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> Get yeah. off your wanker. <laughs> A few other things. <laughs> A few other choice words. Uh, it was pretty good. I yeah, I thought that was pretty good. Did you happen to catch the Matildas game versus USA last week at Newcastle? Uh, yes. Oh well, I didn't. I I watched it on TV. So um, I had a ticket to go, but then it flogged down rain, so I didn't want to sit in the rain yeah, and watch. Yeah, and yeah. then my the rest of my family went, 
they had a great time and the rain stopped. So I ended up having to <laughs> eat my humble pie and watch it on TV at home. Yeah, I was exactly the same switch. I had four tickets and, uh, yes, my daughter gave me an absolute spray when she got up in the morning and looked at the uh, highlights and went, it's not even raining. Gave yeah. you a pasting because you guys didn't go. Yeah, because I said, no, we won't go either. We won't oh, go. no. We, we oh. got tickets through uh, work. But uh, anyway. She just smashed you. Yeah. I think if the USA, if Megan Rapinoe had been playing, because uh, I, I did check the team prior to, and I thought, oh, I wonder if she's playing because she's, you know, a bit of a gun in, in women's football. Um, it would have been great to see her and Kerr go head to head, but she wasn't on this tour. Watching, yeah. the, uh, watching the game, though, because I did watch the game um, from home and. Yeah, it was like US didn't quite have their foot on the pedal. They just went, did what they needed to do. And well, it was, fr- yeah. I mean, from my limited understanding of who they could have picked from, I know that Megan Rapinoe, as you said, a lot of the stuff, it was their B side from yeah. my understanding. So, um, at, but they pumped them like they towed them up on the on the Saturday the, before, the yeah, like yeah. 4 0 or something, didn't they? Yeah. So, so I think they've had a word because there was a few balls there that, yeah, they probably could have got to, but just let it mm. go. It was a good game to watch. Like it was actually, oh, you know, spectacle. You watch a game of the A League, and we don't want to shit on the A League too much. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Happy to do so most of the time. Yeah. Um, but the A League's boring. You know what I mean? Like yeah, there's yeah, no, yeah. it's 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 it, it's it, they, they try to be like the EPL. Yeah. Try to be too clinical and too technical, but they don't have the skill. Well, yeah. Um, someone to, said- to do it. Someone once said to me that watching the A-League as opposed to the EPL, the EPL are trying to score. Yeah. The A-League, you're trying to not let them Get score. scored against. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So, Where this this Matilda's USA game was free-flowing, was, was entertaining, was end-to-end. Oh, it was great. And, you know, yeah. it, was, it was great to score a goal in the, in the last couple of minutes to tie it up. And then, you know, that's how you want to see a game of football, an exciting finish. But, um yeah. Doesn't always happen, but uh, you know, I was I was very impressed with some of the, the Matildas girls. Um, they, they go at it; it's good. Oh, they got yeah. pretty good skill too. Like it's just yeah. And they have a women's World Cup coming up, isn't it next year? Australia, New Zealand, or twenty three? Is, is it? No, twenty twenty two. The like the is it the Asian Cup? Like, or is it the Women's World Cup? That's Women's World Cup. I think it's Australia, New Zealand. We're sharing it. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Oh, might want to check that on Google. Oh, no. So, uh, yeah. Oh, I'm just going to check it now. 2023. So, 23. yeah, 2023, Australia, New Zealand. I knew it was here, but I just didn't realize that. Uh, July, July 2023. July, yeah, yeah. 2023. Mm. Oh, well, there'll be games here in Newcastle we'll be able to go see, which will be good. Uh, no, I think Newcastle didn't get any games. I, don't, oh. I think we didn't get named as a venue. I'm pretty sure I remember like reading that controversy. We didn't get any games. So... We have the, I think we have the Women's Basketball World Cup next year. Yep. Yeah. Indeed, yep. The yeah. Opals, which is a great segue, great segue mm. into um, the forgotten Opal or, or the discarded Opal or the Opal that ended up being a little bit of fool's gold. Oh, yeah, the Opal that chose not to be an Opal. So. Yeah. She mm. wanted to be a... Uh, Aussie Liz. Well, they call the Cubic Zaconi or something like that. Yeah, just a yeah. dickhead. Yeah, yeah, just a she's wannabe a, American. Liz Cambridge. She's not. She's not the greatest, is she? She's not the favourite, is she, boys? No, she. You have to wonder. You know what? What is it about people like Cambridge, Nick Kyrgios, Bernard Tomic, 
you know, who just have this compulsion to be dickheads. Like it's <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you know, like yeah. you've never seen a cricketer carry on like that, or a, you know, um, footy players were a different breed. Yeah, um, the cricketers but, are too too busy sending dick pics. But <laughs> yes, there is that. There is that. I I should say, Tim, but it, it it's a different level. Like nah, it's it almost like um, there's a high degree of um, narcissism about what Cambridge does. Um, yeah, just uh, it's it's a shame, and it's it's you know I wouldn't say it's a waste of talent because she still plays, but uh, it's for a, the, it's a shame know, because it's a waste for us. It's a waste for for the Opals playing for Australia, exactly. Because let's face it, she's bloody dominant as hell in there when it comes to the women's game like that's winning you games especially olympics time when you're playing those lesser teams we probably expended a lot of energy wasted yes we still beat those teams but we beat them by a hell of a lot more with her in the middle so yeah yeah but at so, what cost is babysitting someone through that? It's just it, it grinds, oh, well, it wears yeah. on you, doesn't it? It's toxic. It becomes but, yeah. toxic. Yeah. You know, the, the Opal still but we're willing to take her on if, if if she wanted to to join, but she, you know, was made pretty clearly this week that she wanted no part of it and subsequently I, wasn't named yeah, in the squad. I think it comes down to it was a little bit like it's a little bit the same analogy you were just using around the A League nugget where you say the EPL, you look to score. The A-League, you look to prevent goals. In Liz Cambridge's case, you can tolerate her if all she's doing is not participating in the team activities, right? So if you're if you're having a team dinner and she goes, nah, I don't want to go, like, you know, or I don't, you know, the, so she's just kind of playing defense and not doing anything, right? But she's, you know, I think you can get away with that because of her talent and what she brings to the team. It's when she turns it around and then starts to become like basically instead of not going to the dinner, she tries to get two or three others not to go, or she comes out on social media and says, these fuckwits are going to dinner. What a bunch of head cases, you know, like yeah. it's when you actively try and disrupt the team. I think that basically you got to say as a coach, look, that's enough. Like, yeah. you know, like, yeah, we can't, I can't keep you here. I can't, I can't have you around, you know? And that, that sort of showed in our, you know, um, Performance in uh, the Olympics in Tokyo, where yeah. you know yeah. we we just scraped through in that in that game against uh, who who we just beat. No, we had to beat someone by. Oh, uh, we yeah. had some crazy margin. We had to win by thirty. We won by thirty-one, or just yeah. we had a yeah, comeback was, at the end, yeah. or yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, look, we were that was to make the quarterfinals or whatever. Yeah, but you yeah. know, really, we, we should have done better than than just make it. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, absolutely. That, but that's that whole I mean. situation really derailed them. That's what I mean. I think we wasted so much juice on yes, we beat those teams and we had to come down that scenario. But yeah, I, I don't think they lose that early one and so on with her in there. But yeah. like Maka said, you, you tolerate so much until it then becomes a toxic because that's mm. the thing you take away to that. You've now got the World Cup here, whereas at least we've got some momentum going to that World Cup because there's a bit of team unity sort of thing. And maybe Basketball Australia gave themselves an easy out by playing it like, well, we're given the option, do you want to be, you know, we want an expression of interest, are you interested in being part of our program yeah. and, and put the decision back on on Cambridge to say, no, go away, yeah. as opposed to us saying we're not going to pick you and then, you know, risk the, the criticism of, you know, Backlash. you're not picking your best player, yeah. what are you doing? Um 
I'm sure that was a strategy that they carefully considered and thought, well, let's 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 do it this way from a PR point of view. Yeah. Um, and then you know, Cambridge did all the work for him and just said, "I've told you once, I've told you twice." You know, oh, yeah. still a no for me. And to do it in like you know, uh, Quite it. <laughs> oh yeah, fucking hell! Like she doesn't do herself any favors. So oh. let's talk about another Australian athlete who carries themselves uh, in, in in the much the opposite fashion as Liz Cambridge. Back to tennis, it's Ash Barty winning Wimbledon early this year. Aussie the bright Ash. spot of the sporting calendar. She's engaged to be married now. She's off the market, boys. Yeah. Yeah. Damn it. But no, well, you talk about polar opposites in that you think athletes sometimes do put on a bit of a show or what have you, but if if she's doing that, good luck to her because she's not coming across like that. She comes across as the most genuine sort of person that you've ever, ever seen sporting yeah. wise but at the same time the way she carries herself and you know that's when it normally comes through when they start to lose or whatever yeah they don't drop their shit whereas she lost games and you know oh. you're the world number one you've just been beaten how yep. the hell and yet she comes out and goes yeah she kicked my ass she was yeah. better than me <laughs> yeah exactly i just wasn't here today yeah it, yeah it, but it wasn't but it was again you know, they were better than it wasn't that I'm terrible and I did this and I did, yeah, yeah exactly. And, and cut on to the next one, sort of thing. So, yeah, the, yeah she and, wasn't, she wasn't really trying to, like, I don't know. She, yeah, she's, she's a genuine champion. And like, I think, uh, one of the things that I love about kind of like Ash Barty is that she took her story, she took that year or two off or whatever to go and play cricket, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. And and that was basically, I think, because she was when we had Katie Ebsery on on the show, she spoke about basically um, needing to take a break from basketball because it was just basically becoming too much of her life, and she just couldn't continue to focus on it all the time. Wanted, get, she, wanted to get the love back for it. Exactly, yeah. she came fell back in love with it, and I feel like that's probably what Ash Barty's experiencing now is that she's fallen back in love with the game, and the game's rewarding her for that. But um, she knows what it means to not have it as well. And so she appreciates it a bit, yeah, which is really, yeah, it's quite nice to see. So I, I enjoy watching Ash and that's probably one of the reasons why I'll be watching a lot of the Australian Open in uh, in January. Yeah. It's a good point you make, Macker, about knowing um, when you didn't have it, you know, how much you actually wanted it. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's a situation that's facing, you know, a, a player and a, and a person that's, you know, dear to this podcast for a number of different reasons and that's, the Ben Simmons situation yeah. currently still going. Aussie Ben. Aussie Ben with the 76ers. And that's just, um, I, if we had to put any money on it, which I'm sure we spoke about in the last pod, the NBA season preview. Yeah. I would have said that this situation was resolved by now, one yeah, way or another. But um, it's it's not. And it's uh, it's mind blowing. You know, this yeah. guy's losing. The Sixers have played. I think they're 14 11 now 25 games yeah I'll multiply that by 360,000 what's the math there uh that's a lot um that's you know five or six million dollars so far yep yep yeah it's a lot of money and it, it it's starting to become absolutely absurd here what's happening because less about the money and more about as you said the guy is now losing a chunk of the prime of his career or what should be the prime of his career, right? Yeah, like, it's a waste. It's a 100% waste. Uh, com- 
considering the disruption that we've had, you know, over the last two years of the seasons and everything else, like, I mean, what, what is it that's keeping this guy out? What is, like just being pissed off with your team and feeling like they didn't support you. There's something, I feel like there's something else going on here. You know, like, yeah. I don't think that you would like, by now it's gone past the point of being, I want to prove a point or I want to, I want to show them something or whatever. I feel like it's just, it's now getting ridiculous, you know, like, yeah, I just, I, f- I hope the guy sorts out whatever it is that's keeping him off the court because I want to see him back and playing. Absolutely. We want to see him with a different team. And, and maybe now that the, um, you know, the December 15 is, is a date circled in a lot of GM's calendars mm. whereby you can trade for or trade players um, who sign deals, mm. um, off-season contracts, so they become eligible to be traded. So the market yeah. for the 76ers, opens up widely, um, you know, um, teams that had, you know, expectations on their season uh, and those seasons have begun to crater, you know, they'll, they'll look to, to make a move. And, you know, we'd speak about the Portland Trailblazers as one of the destinations that's frequently mentioned. Yeah, um, They've recently had a lot of upheaval in their ownership, people taking over. The GM was sacked. Yeah. There's an internal campaign to get rid of him, um, you know, so all this stuff surrounding their star player and Dane Lillard and, Mm-hmm. You know, um, stories come out about his his management of a long term abdominal injury and playing through it, and so all all this stuff's starting to gonna come to surface in the next fortnight or even the next week, even. Yep. Uh, so maybe then, you know, Ben Simmons might have a team for Christmas. Um, yeah. But the sooner that happens, the better, just because you know, it, 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 no 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 one benefits now. Not ev- everyone loses. There's yeah, not a absolutely. single winner out of this situation, whether it's the NBA, the Sixers, Ben, Ben's bank mm. account, you know, the team or the player he will ultimately get traded for. Um, you know, they don't win in this. It's, you know, it's um, a bit of a shame. But um, maybe the NBA want this to be a precedent or a, you know, a, um, oh. a measuring stick to say, hey, mate, Ben Simmons I- did this once, didn't work out for him, don't try yep. it again. I feel like 100% the NBA is very quietly supportive of of the Sixers' stance in all of this. I think, it, like, they are absolutely behind this the whole way, right? Yeah. Because because they just don't want this to happen, you know? So in, in in many ways, I kind of agree with it. You know, if you're if you're the owner of a team and you're paying the bills, mm. and you know you you've signed a guy to X amount of dollars, it'd be pretty maddening to to then be held ransom to you know. To, to have you know your your fans, your the rest of your roster, all yeah. the guys that signed with you guys, and the expectation you would compete. Now you can't do it, and and the same kind of goes for um, Kyrie Irving's situation with the Nets. Um, you know, he's but his reasons are, are different for being an anti-vaxxer and uh, refusing to become vaccinated during the season. What are your thoughts there, Nug? Yeah, the. I mean, that's the thing. It's you look at how it's played out as well. It, it's it's everything what not to do on yeah. the, on that. And I mean, you look at something like the on the flip side of that, Zion Williams. Now again, he's gone down the injury route, but and and been at the dinner table as well. So he's 
is packed on a bit. But again, you look at that situation and go, well, there's no real update there. There's no real sort of he's probably done it the right way in that it's it's sort of the Anthony Davis curse, I suppose you could say, down there in New Orleans and that he wants to get traded. But he's probably going about things the right way in that, okay, he, he, you would like to think he is absolutely injured and cannot play. But the fact that he's down there putting on weight and, and doing or like doing yeah. nothing. Doing well, I think with the Pelican situation, it's a, it's a, it's a perfect storm of imperfection in the sense that you've got a pretty mismanaged team in, you know, um, New Orleans is a party city, right? And that's pretty much all it has going for it. Um, poor management, poor injury management over the years. So it's been a bit of a basket case of, of the way things have run. And you've got this dynamic once in, once in a generation talent yeah. who's just, who hasn't been managed properly. You know, I think the, the Pelicans themselves haven't had, you know, a, a great structure around that environment to actually manage a guy like this or know how to manage a 250, 300-pound, 19-year-old kid who's, you know, basically like the Hulk with a, with a basketball. Yeah. But, you know, his, his Achilles heel is his, his greatest strength is also his greatest weakness in the sense that he's this big, powerful guy, but, you know, that same same frame is is prone to injury and when it when it get injured then you know all, all his support structures like his bones and ankles and etc mm. are all at a pretty high risk of being re-injured and that's what's yeah. happened yeah exactly and i mean look it's always going to be a case down there that to be honest it, it was interesting that when they got zion williams that you wanted to see how they would manage it down there because of the whole anthony davis shit storm that that was yeah. yeah, I mean, they were lucky that that sort of pan. Well, sorry, Davis is lucky that that panned out. It, it went to a bit of a shit show, and then a few months later, done. The trade was done. Whereas, I think Ben went. Well, down for everyone time. bagging Clutch, Clutch was the one that got him out of that. Yeah, yeah. Well, the other thing too, the NBA in this situation in, in New Orleans, that you you take this Ben Simmons scenario, right? Mm. And you got a guy like Zion Williamson who will be offered the absolute max rookie extension, right? Mm. And they will, they, the New Orleans will pay that, um, whether or not Zion has a injury history or not. So Zion will, will will get that money. So that just you know gives the Pelicans you know the rights to his contract for five years. But what's to say that Zion can't take a page out of Ben Simmons' books and go, all right, I've signed the deal. Um, yeah, I want you now to trade me yeah. because if he doesn't sign his rookie extension, then he's risking you know, not getting that money ever again if he re-injures himself, which for him is likely. Um, if he was to not sign the rookie extension and play the final year out, he can sign with someone else, but he'll be 50 to $60 million worse off in doing so um, because his current team can retain him for more. So I think the NBA were looking at this situation with Simmons and going, we don't want this happening with one of our brightest stars in Zion Williamson. And then we have, we may be looking at two scenarios where this happens. So then that just means that that's how it's going to play out for all the rest of the guys coming through down the track. So you need yeah. to nip it in the bud somewhere. And unfortunately for Ben, I think this is it. This, this Ben's been made an example of. Yep. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. What do we got? So new team for Christmas, yes or no for Ben? Uh, no, not by no? Christmas. Is he going to play it all the... this year? Yes, he will. By the end of the trade deadline. By the time the trade deadline rolls around, he will be. 
I'm going to go mm. buy a stray day. Stray day? Stray day? Cool. Yeah. No, it'll take a while for Daryl Murray to still get his head out of his ass and realise that they're not going to win without somebody in that position, whether it be Ben or somebody else. So Yeah. Yep. Well, Portland Trailblazers, Indiana Pacers now are willing to trade some players and there's got, got guys that the Sixers could use. So, oh, the phones, the, the phones at the 76ers will be running hot at the moment, I'd say. Yeah. yeah. Um, still on the NBA, a um, couple of points here. We finished last season off with the Bucks winning the uh, NBA championship with the Greek Freak. So man in his place is the game's best player, the 50-point game in game six, coming down from 2-0 to win at 4-2. Um, the Bucks looking uh, better than they were last year. Got them as favourites to win it this year still? Nah, they're not favourites to win it this year. No. Nah. Who you got? Uh, I would probably say... Have your predictions changed since the, 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 the preview? I can't even remember who I predicted in the preview. Who did I predict? Uh, I think you had the Denver Nuggets. Yes. Now I'm going to go with the Denver Nuggets for you, Nuggy. <laughs> Thanks, man. <laughs> and I'll uh, back that by saying uh, no chance. But uh, <laughs> mate, the Nuggets are a good side. They're a good side. They're not a when they have their side together. I mean, yeah. how about how about the Denver? You want to talk about contracts and uh, and and, and ballsing that up? Michael Porter Jr. signed 100. You know, the same deal as Ben Simmons with a history of of injuries. Um, yeah. And there's a story that went out that one team that. Um, did a pre-draft workout, said it was the worst medical they had ever seen in their history of the of being an NBA. Uh, wow. And then the Nuggets signed this guy with a nerve back injury, and now he's out for the season, got to have his second back surgery, mm. and they're going to be $175 million in the hole. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Like shocker. I'd like to just uh, donate money. and uh... <laughs> Just to the Invalid Foundation? Yeah. Oh, God. Bloody yeah. hell. But... Look, you got to roll that dice sometimes, you know. And yeah, yeah. The guy with a history of back injury uh, does his back and is out for season. <laughs> and to be honest, wasn't has never really played that good. So yeah, right. yeah. So I don't know. It's yeah, something's got to happen in Denver. Maybe they'll they'll trade, sign and trade for Ben. <laughs> <laughs> well, that could happen, right? So you never know. Yeah. Well, yeah, over in the East, I think the Brooklyn Nets are doing what we thought they would, number one in the East. Um, probably could be a little bit better, but, you know, given the fact that Corey Irving has yet to show up, they're going right. Paddy Mills is holding the fort pretty well, shooting, oh, the, shooting the shit out of it. Yeah, Aussie Paddy, eh? Aussie Paddy, King Paddy, doing, doing, yeah. looking good in that Nets uniform. Yeah, um, definitely. None of us could have predicted that the Warriors would be this good. I no, I don't think anybody did. I think I wrote them off, didn't I? Do you, do you yeah. think they can stay with it there? Yes. When are they bringing Clay Thompson back? Is he playing? I think he'll be back, back probably around Christmas or a little bit yeah, after. He's, he's back to full training just now. Okay. But he's been sent to the Santa Cruz Warriors or something, has he? Yeah, get some. Yeah. Get some I've actually been in that arena. It's like uh, it's like the Broadbeno basketball team. It doesn't look like much from the outside. But is yeah. he is he actually hit the court for them or no? Not not in a game. He's five on five scrimmages. I was going to say uh, I think next next week he's yeah suiting up. Okay. Uh, yeah right. Just to try and get match fitness under his belt. But that's the yeah. thing. I mean, I mean, I know we're sidetracking here, but and it's normally you blokes that do it, and I bring it back. But for him to go carry on like he did about how he didn't make the top seventy five. Like, oh yeah, like a pork chop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, mate, 
you're not, top, you're not top 75. That's the you reckon? Hmm. Nah. Se- second good. greatest shooter in history. No, I don't think so. Ray Allen's that. Yeah, yeah. it's a good point. It's a good point. Ray Allen. Streety, how many more of these have we got to go? Couple. We're almost All right. done. All right, keep All right. going. Sorry, let's bring us um, back. Well, my last point of that was um, I don't think I can ever remember it when MVP has been won this early into the season. So like Steph Curry, Curry has MVP sewn up. It's only if he gets injured he won't win it. Yeah. Um, but he, he's won that award. What about Kevin Durant? Second. Yeah. Um, you know, if the Warriors keep it going at this pace, that they've got it wrapped up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Um, On Steph, though, what uh, it's just it's freakish to watch how good a shooter he is. Yeah, yeah, it is like, pretty awesome. Like you know, it's coming, but mm. it's just amazing. Yeah, he's a, he's a special player. Mm. I've noticed. I mean, his jump shots look a little bit messier now, just with his feet action. He's kicking his feet out, and yeah. they've tightened the rules up. But maybe it's just a balancing. But I don't know. He's a, he, he's, he's a freak right. of nature, that's for Kicking sure. All you want if it goes in, go nuts. Yeah. Four more points to go. This is a big one. Uh, vax mandates affecting sports. Um, the Canary Bulldogs lost John Asiata over his yep. anti-vax stats, uh, stance today. Um, and there's been a number of NRL players who have yet to be vaccinated um, as part of their requirements in order to yep. play in the competition um, for w- varying reasons. Um, some disclosed, some not. Um, but that's something we can expect to see more of. Oh, that'll be, there'll be heaps more of this coming out. This will continue to dominate headlines in our society and in sport for the next two years, I reckon, because like this pandemic isn't going away quickly. It's already been two years. It's going to continue. And I think, honestly, if you haven't got vaccinated by now, we'll then go and find a job digging a hole somewhere that someone will pay you for, right? Like, uh, yeah, because there's a lot of people that are vaccinated that don't want to be in order to keep their job. So, you know, mate, it's just what you got to do. I find funny when the footballers turn around and say, you know, it's my beliefs and I don't want to put that in my body. and, And yet they'll do a knee. Yep, needle me up, Doc. Let's go. We're going Yeah. It's like, well, yeah, exactly. Well, do you know the scientific composition of the pain-killing injections that you've been taking? Like, exactly. you know the effect that has on your kidneys and you know, long term, how it just eats eat your kidneys away with all the um, you know, neurofin yeah. and um, yeah. So you know, I think, but, yeah, there. exactly right, Mike. It's just all right. You don't want to be there. See you later. Oh yeah, like honestly, I think it's just a choice that you make now. Like, like I don't, I don't kind of. There's no controversy about it. We are, we all know that in order to do these certain things, you're going to have to be be vaccinated. And I, I don't really care how you feel about it anymore. I don't care how it makes you feel or whether it feels like it steps on your civil liberties. It just is the way it is, right? Like you can't change it. And so either get it done or just go and get a different job, mate. See you later. So, yeah. 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 So that's, that's where that is for those guys. Uh, number three in our list, our Olympic performance this year, our, our, our best ever total. Um, yeah. Not not our second, best ever gold medal total, but no, you know, overall, is it second best games in in its entirety? But like, but what about how many moments there were? Like, <coughs> even some of fantastic. the non-medals, like, so like, well, Jess Fox missing the gold medal in the um in the kayaking and then winning it in the canoe, and you know, like uh, Peter Bowl, like just so he many. He was great, Peter Bowl, oh, and the other guy, man. the um, the was he the hurdler? 
Oh yeah. Um, white guy hurdler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Cedric Dubler, like cheering on, like basically, like in the um, the decathlon, basically like cheering, yeah. uh, like de- motivating. Uh, I don't even remember the bronze medalist name now, like yeah. from Australia, but like you know, it like all of those memories, the Australian swimmers, uh, everything, mate. Like that was a hell of a games, especially considering we'd waited a whole year for it longer than we needed to. So, and I think it yeah. was just it was that made that much more special because we were looking forward to it so much. Yeah. Well, we also got your text messages when you're in the village, you know, you're telling us all about all the other shenanigans and. Yeah. All the birds chasing Matisse Thibel and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, and yeah. yeah. That night you got shit faced on Saki with the boys from the weightlifting team. That was pretty. That was pretty wild. That one it sounded like it was off the charts. So, yeah. yeah, I won't get into that. But, uh, <laughs> but, but geez, but I think just because how shit it's been, and there's sporting cancelled, and you know mm. we weren't even sure if we had a games, and and it, it produced those moments. And I mean that's the thing we would have hung on anything we could yeah but i think we were, we were bloody lucky to have what we did which was yeah it was a yeah. great game even the paralympics like great oh, moments yeah. there and i mean some heartbreaking ones with the with the uh wheelchair athlete that got gunned down in the last hundred meters and oh yeah and the, was um, that a marathon? lauren parker in the triathlon the women's triathlon, triathlon was, yeah, and she basically almost led the whole way and yeah. but she was yeah, yeah, she got rolled in the finishing shoot virtually. virtually like, so. Yeah, so, no pun intended. No, no, no. Boom, boom. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But yeah, no, nah, awesome games and absolutely. Yeah. Number two on our list, the AFL Grand Final, the D's yeah. versus the Doggies. Well, this one was one of so the best good. games of AFL footy I've seen in my whole life. Yeah. Even though it was a seventy-three point margin, seventy-four, whatever it was, and it, it was three games in one. Yeah, and it was so amazing because of the fact that it had so many swings and roundabouts in the game. It was amazing because of the history of the D's not having won it for so long. And it was amazing because it was in Perth and it looked magnificent, right? Like I'm angry yeah. with Perth and WA at the moment, but you know, like it it was a hell it was a hell of a game and a great spectacle. Yeah. So much so that you had people from Melbourne willing to risk a jail sentence <laughs> and, and a large fine to to, you know. Dodge the, the quarantine requirements to see their team win the premiership. It's, it's it was probably to them they'll look back and go it was worth it. I was going to say part of me goes you absolute peanuts you've broken yeah. the law you forged documents. Then the flip side of me goes if that's the Knights of the Giants what fucking legends how good are they? <laughs> I'd do it if, too. And the fact they got into the sheds afterwards and yeah uh, exactly had a couple of tins with the team. Uh, I, I feel like if it was the Knights or the Giants nugget, you might have been a chance to be those guys. Right. I, would have, I would have ridden a little moped over there, yep. spooked into town. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah, um, AFL Grand Final will be back in Melbourne for 2022, yes, no? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. They, they won't give it yeah. up for reason, right? They're not, mate, they, don't, oh, they wouldn't care if they're in the midst of the biggest outbreak they've had. They won't be giving it up a third time. Yeah, it'll so. be that Omicron. 560 variant. By then, you know, the way things are headed, Victoria might actually be an independent nation. Um, You know, they're they're doing a lot of crazy things down there, but uh, they they may secede from the rest of Australia and and Western Australia. So That'll be the Republic of Western Australia. You won't just need Vax passports again in Victoria. You'll need an actual passport. Yeah, (laughs) mate, after 2020 and 2021, anything is possible. That is entirely possible this day. Dictator Dan. See how far he can take it. And number one on our list... 
Um, a bit more clear-cut than a Steph Curry MVP this year. Um, our number one memory moment celebration of 2021 was no doubt the Boomers winning that rose gold medal at the Olympics. Absolutely, 100%. The sporting moment of my life. So, uh, yeah, there's not much more that needs to be said about it. Like, no, it we've said plenty of it. Yeah, it was easily the... Uh, look, I, I, what I would say about it is... Um, ha- having what Nugget said before about the Olympics coming at the right time for us because of the the lockdown and all that kind of stuff, uh, I think played into the to the magic of this. But actually, what was so p- powerful about the Boomers, I thought, was the way they came together as a team, right? And they brought the history together. Um, they respected the the people that had come before them and had built that foundation. And it just made that reward of a bronze medal so much sweeter because you knew how hard they'd worked for it. They just yeah. worked their asses off for it. So, yeah, it was pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. And you look at it now, it's like it, we've always said, you know, it doesn't matter the colour of the medal. It's, it's called the rose gold. But yeah, the fact that, you know, we won a medal, you know, that's it, all that yeah. matters. Yeah. Yeah, um, definitely. And you know, hopefully that's uh, that builds a, a big platform for what's to come for basketball and the boomers in the future. You know, we've yep. got a world championship campaign to, to start thinking about, and then yep. the next Olympics in three years' time. Yeah, yeah. We're going to have yeah. young guys like Giddy and a few other talented kids coming through, and some of those older guys will, would have played their last Olympics, then not going to be the next one. Yep, <coughs> definitely. And, and, and uh, my, yeah. my only regret from it was because of, well, you know, they won it in COVID times and so on. Because, I mean, how good would it have been they shipped over? Lindsay, Lindsay Gaze. Oh, if he'd been able to get Gaze, there. he was there. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah. half of the old school Bradkey, like just yeah. chuck them on a plane and said, righto, boys, go hit it. Go oh, on. well, I, you, and you would have at least liked to have seen that as a reunion, but because yeah. like the states are still closed, they couldn't happen. A lot yeah. of those guys can't get there. And so you'd love to see that barbecue, wouldn't you? Fair yeah. income. Yeah. Hammer's yeah. <laughs> not invited. You can tune in by Zoom. Uh, very good. So. Nice. Well, that wraps up our last episode for 2021. Yep. Um, yep. Re- recapping our storylines, scandals, and celebrations um, yep. th- through our eyes. And um, next episode will be number 63, surfacing sometime in January or February next year, probably in line with the tennis. We always do our first run of the usually lines up with the Australian Open. Yep. Um, so I guess uh, big thanks to everyone for sticking with us this far through, especially this episode. It's, uh, it's gone a little bit lo- longer than hoped. Yep. Um, it's all right. It's the year that was. It's yeah, the year that right. was. That's right. We, we, well, we need to recap and everything. People have plenty of time to catch up on it while they're on holidays, Trudy. So that's right. That's right. Yeah. Yep. But really just uh, plug those AirPods in and just uh, sit down by the pool, the beach, and yep. listen to our lovely voices talk about sport and shit. Yep. Um, yeah, it's been good. Look yep. forward to next year when uh, some more batshit crazy things will happen in the world of sports and we can, we'll be here to talk about it. Yep, definitely. Rightio. Have a Thanks, great Christmas, boys. Been Thanks, a- everyone, for listening. We'll catch up with you next year. All right. Thanks, all. Merry Christmas. Adios, amigos. Merry Christmas. Oh, oh, oh. So. oh Let's oh. hope Santa fills your sacks with some, uh, some great prezzies. Oh, I wouldn't <laughs> mind someone emptying it. <laughs> <laughs> on that note